RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy. I'm joined by my co-host, Justin Watson, Greg Hopkins, and it is uh, International Fight Week, I guess, here. Uh, we've got a big UFC 239 card coming up. Uh, we're coming off the uh, the heels of a uh, UFC uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota card uh, this past weekend. We're going to recap that. We're going to do some uh, preview talk of UFC 239. And we got some interviews tonight as well with uh, some of the folks that will be competing on next weekend's big Valor 61 card that's at the Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Justin, uh, you, you about ready to, uh, to, to dive into another one? We've got a big card this weekend. Yeah, man, I'm ready to go. Since this one should be fun. Greg, what do you think, my man? We're uh, you, uh, you both. You guys had a, had a nice week last week on uh, on the Minnesota card. Uh, you you, you uh, dialed in for this big one here uh, this weekend. Yeah, um, did great last weekend on that card. Uh, a lot of mismatches that I really enjoyed making some money off of. And this weekend, uh, there's a couple more that we can we can look at here. Two thirty nine. You know, as I said, it is International Fight Week, and uh, is it me or does it seem like it's, you know, this is a big card and all, but does it seem like in years past that International Fight Week has been a bigger deal? Didn't they used to have like three shows? And I don't know. It seems like I recall there'd be like, you know, a Wednesday night or I'm sorry, Thursday night tough finale. Friday, they'd have like a smaller, like a Fox Sports one kind of card, and then they'd have a big, you know, mamma jamma of a pay-per-view on Saturday night. Does it seem like it's a little more understated this year? Yeah, it is for sure. I think that was maybe intentional. I think it's just kind of been, um, you know, oversaturated the past few years. Um, you know, they're probably sinking a lot of money into into it and, you know, trying to get fans to watch three nights in a row. Is, you know, just to, to get the casual fans in is not that easy. So I think they're uh, just trying to tone it down a little bit this year. I can see that. I can see that. Greg, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I thought they used to just do like one show a month for the longest time, and then that for that whole like damn near July they put in. Yeah, they did squeeze in like three, like three or four right there, and then that one year they put the tough in there on the Friday night and everything. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't watch like a lot of that, you know, the Thursday and Friday, but I did watch Saturday's card. But uh, I kind of think we've been getting spoiled a lot here lately with all the cards we've been getting. All these super cards, they're crazy. Like last week, I wasn't expecting much, but it actually, you know, surpassed my expectations. And I enjoyed damn near every fight because we just, just about every fight was finished. So it's kind of what we love seeing. Oh, no doubt. We're going to dive into all that here a little bit later. But uh, first, we have got some guests to get to. Let's get to our first one now. All right. First up on the line tonight, we have got Jamie Driver joining us. She's about to make the long trip down to Tennessee. Uh, she's from up in New Jersey. She's going to be taking on Olivia Parker in the co-main event next weekend at Valor 61. How's it going tonight, Jamie? I'm feeling great. How are you guys? 
We're doing awesome. We're doing awesome. We appreciate you taking uh, a little bit of time out of your uh, busy training schedule. I'm sure we're kind of in the uh, what uh, most would consider the the hill week, if you will, of uh, you know a fighters training camp. So thanks so much for taking a little bit of time to join us. Uh, if you would uh, get us started a little bit with a little background, you know our listeners down here are, are uh, probably mostly southern based. Now you know this isn't your first trip down south to fight. You've been down here down here a couple times uh, in South Carolina, but uh, if you would kind of uh, give our listeners a, a brief little overview of you know uh, your background and you know how you got into MMA uh, you know kind of a little synopsis up till now all right what's up guys all right <laughs> basically I'm from Jersey uh, born and raised uh, small town uh, basically I've been an athlete my whole life I played two hockey and lacrosse but it wasn't I guess as you could say violent enough for me um, <laughs> I got into a lot of places in school and out of school and I ended up actually dating some guy at 19 and he took me to his martial arts gym and he said I think this would be the best thing for you and then basically I kind of just fell into it I thought it was the best thing ever um I really didn't think of me actually getting into a fight like a fish, an official fight at first but as I got to train you know the more confident I got myself I was like you know what what do I have to lose so I got my first amateur fight out of the way and then it kind of just snowballed from there I, I fell in love and I've never looked back um, I switched a couple gyms, you know, from Philly, but now I'm up in uh, Woodbridge, New Jersey at a gym, a gym excuse me, called Driven. Um, I had Coach James Neal, the best dude around, best coach I've ever had, and I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at. He's taken my level and my skills to just a whole new level, and I can't wait to show, you know, everybody next Friday night what I got. Awesome. We're super excited to have you down here. Of course, you're, uh, as we mentioned, you're going to be taking on Olivia Parker uh, featherweight contest. Uh, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about what, uh, you know, what we what you're expecting from this fight. Olivia coming in, uh, you know, undefeated, uh, you know, through all of her fights. She's dropped down, uh, you know, throughout the course of her career uh, as far as weight uh, class goes. So this will be her first go at 145. I, I believe she fought at 150 her last time out. <clears throat> um you know, tell us a little bit about what, uh, you know, what we can expect from you in this fight and what you're expecting, uh, you know, out of your opponent. I mean, I know she's strong. She's tough. I mean, I know she's riding a high. She's 2-0 coming in, and that's great. Um, I know my record isn't the best, but I've been in some grind-out fights. I know what I have to offer, and I know what I can accomplish. You know, I've been in – people have dragged me to the depths of hell, so I can survive anything. I just hope she can survive anything because I'm going to drag her to the depths with this Friday. Um, I love it. I but- love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, looking at you, looking at your resume here, you know, like you, like you mentioned, you've, you've been in some, some, some wars. You've been in there with some, some really, uh, really tough ladies, Amberlynn or uh, Jesse, uh, is it Miele? I'm not exactly sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but I know she's got a real big record. She's like eight and two, uh, you know, she's yeah. a, He's really good. Uh, Aaron Harp about to make her Invicta debut soon. You know, you've been in there with uh, with some ladies that are that are you know top notch uh, you know female athletes. I have, and you know what? Unfortunately, I wasn't. I just I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't ready to step up to those girls. But now I've taken the time to really establish my base and just really pick up the skills that I need. And I know I can bang with some of the best girls in the 145 pound weight class. And of course, you're coming off of a win. You know, you're coming in here with some momentum. Uh, you know, your last time uh, you competed, it was actually down south, uh, down here. You you got a uh, a win in the very first round there uh, to kind of turn things around for you. Uh, I've got my co-host Greg on the line. He does the commentary for us on uh, Flow Combat, so he'll be calling your fight. Greg, uh, what you got for Jamie tonight? Uh, I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna 
Hey, Jamie. I uh, I was wondering, you were speaking of the depths of hell, and I was wondering how bad that cut was uh, to 45 for you this past time. How bad is the cut? Yeah, how bad is the cut to that for you? Um, it's not too bad. You know, luckily I am linked with Lockhart and Leaf Nutrition, so they take care of all my nutrition and my weight cuts now, and I'm so thankful for that because, you know, before I didn't really have anyone helping me, so it was just kind of like a trial and error type of thing, and as many people know, it, that's not good as a fighter, you know, so a lot of my weight cuts before were really shitty, you know, I was really struggling to make weight, and then, of course, my performance, you know, lacked, but I going into the last fight was the first time working with them, and as you can see, I got this to finish in the first round under two minutes and it's because I felt great I didn't have a bad cut it went perfectly it went smooth and I expect the same thing this time I'm already my weight's really low um I feel great I have a ton of energy and I've just been grinding so I know the weight cut's not going to be an issue at all for me this time yeah that's one of the things that I thought would be one of the one of the factors in this fight is the battle of nutrition of any nutrition in this fight for you guys to see uh because this is Olivia Parker's first time am I wrong Tim coming down to 145 Right, yeah, she's she's fought she's fought as heavy as uh, as I want to say one eighty five or maybe even heavier than that, you know. And she's she's one of these uh, fighters that is also not you know they kind of stumbled into MMA, you know. She's a she's a teacher, a mom, you know, and kind of got into this as a uh, you know a way to lose weight and get into shape, and uh, for whatever reason just had that had a knack for it, you know, and, and stuck with it, and is and is now will be making uh, one forty five uh, for the first time herself. So that certainly could be uh, a factor. You know, if uh, if Jamie is is making this weight and feeling good and feeling fresh, uh, you know, if Olivia is uh, is fatigued uh, by this by this weight cut, you know, will she be able to you know to keep a pace uh, for for three rounds and, and, and you know endure endure that grind? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jamie, I, and I got maybe one or two more things to ask you. Uh, one is, uh, <clears throat> where did you get this nickname, the Cookie Monster, from? So actually, the Cookie Monster—that's old. Uh, that's called. <laughs> I'm now called well, OJ for OJ Simpson. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Yeah. Uh, good good to know. Good to know on that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, d- during, your, during, your, during your high school years playing field hockey and lacrosse, uh, what gave you an edge out there on the field and out there on the court every time? And what gives you an edge in MMA? Like what makes you you and what separates you head and shoulders above and the rest? I, I like that competitiveness, and I noticed that when I was out on the field, I really just kind of took each girl one-on-one, and that's what I kind of realized, like, team sports, like, granted, yes, I train, in, like, in a team, but at the end of the day, I'm the only one walking into that cage, and that's what I really fell in love with, because, like, that's what I like. I know that someone's going to try and take my head off, and I'm going to try and do the same fucking thing, and we're going to go in there and bang, and, yeah, so pretty much, it's just like that, that thrill, that adrenaline, it gets me going, and, like, that's that's that feeling I like, and I, and I keep chasing it. The more I fight, the, the, the more adrenaline and the higher that feeling I get is. So, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about... Let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, some of the, some of the people that, that have been helping you get ready. You know, uh, you mentioned a camp change, uh, and with that camp change, uh, you know, it seems like you've really turned turned around your uh, conditioning nutrition program as far as getting dialed in for your weight cuts and, and of course, getting uh, different training. Uh, talk a little about some of, some of the people that have been helping you get ready and have been instrumental in this uh, this this turnaround, if you will. Well, of course, first and foremost, James Neal. He's my head coach, and he really, you know, I was. At the time, I was kind of down and out. I really didn't know if I was really going to ever fight again. And he kind of just picked me up and was like, listen, you can do this, 
but you need to follow what the fuck I tell you. And basically just since then, he's just, he's really taken the time to not only figure me out as a fighter, but figure me out as a person. And I'm forever thankful for that man. Cause he's really, I mean, and his Muay Thai and his striking background is just so crazy phenomenal. So he's made my striking so crisp and so great. And then on top of that, we have a, uh, Handel, our boxing coach at the gym, he's another guy I work with. Um, also, a big step up in my game was actually going to a legitimate strength and conditioning gym. I go to Bulldog. It's in Freehold, New Jersey. The head coach there is Keith. And since going there, I've gotten so like ridiculously strong. You know, I have to go, you know, with the big guys all the time because there's just no way I can go with anybody else. And yeah, so those have been, like, the main guys that I've been working with through this camp. And, of course, my teammates, you know, Nat, Jenny, uh, Mike, Marvin, Tyler, all those guys, man, they've been just pushing me to my absolute limits. Like, today, I just I pretty much cussed out all of them, but I know it's because they love me, so. <laughs> now, now's, not the, now's not the time to be messing with you. You're, you're getting in the zone. I'm, I'm pumped for it. Definitely excited to have you down here, Jamie. Uh, you know, and uh, it's, uh, we, we are a promotion that, uh, that, that does a lot of female fights. You know, that, that's something that we kind of pr- pride ourselves on is, is, is we do a lot of female uh, fights, especially pro fights. So uh, always exciting to, to see new faces uh, down this way. And uh, we're super excited to have you. Before we let you go, I'm going to let, uh, let you get some shout outs where they're due. Uh, any sort of uh, sponsor love or, uh, you know, friends, family you want to give some uh, shout outs to, I'll let you have the floor. Uh, man, first and foremost, God for giving me the ability to the town to do what I do. Um, Dave Arbello from Sucker Punch Entertainment, he's my manager. He is the absolute G. He hooks me up with the best deals. Um, all my sponsors, Turf House, CBD, you know, if you got injuries, hit them up. They got the best shit ever. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Ink T-shirt uh, printing company prints out all my gear. It's awesome. The Phyllis Sport. Um, man, there's just so many for my friends and my family. And honestly, I really want to say this fight is dedicated to um, my uncle's fiance. She just died suddenly the other day. So it's been a little crazy for my family these past couple of days, but this fight is dedicated to her. So I hope wherever she's at, she's at peace. But yeah. Once again, this has been Jamie Driver. You can check her out next weekend in the co-main event. Valor 61. If you can't be there live in person, you can watch it on Flow Combat. So make sure you check it out. Uh, and make sure you also follow Jamie on social media. She's definitely a fighter you want to keep an eye on. So uh, so thankful for your time tonight, Jamie. We're really looking forward to seeing you next week. We, re- we really hope you have a good night and, uh, and a safe rest of your training camp. Thank you guys so much. It was so hype, and I can't wait to come out next week and put on a show for you guys. Up next on the line... We have got Showtime, Stephen New joining us. Stephen, how's it going, my man? Ah, uh, man, it's, it's going good. Good, good, good. It's good to hear from you, my man. It's been a while since uh, since we've spoken on air. I, I don't even know if we were doing the podcast the last time. Well, we may have been doing the podcast last time that you did MMA, but uh, I'm definitely definitely excited to have you back around on the scene. Uh, Steven, if, uh, for those that are kind of new on the scene, uh, is, is going to be returning uh, to the Valor Cage here in just over a week in our professional feature bout. He's going to be taking on Tyler Smith in a lightweight contest uh, next weekend at Valor 61. Uh, Steven, my man, you know, uh, it's it, like I said, it's been a minute since you've done MMA. It's been uh, going on about a year and a half, I would say now. Uh, that's not to say you haven't been training. You know, I, I keep up with you on social media. I know that, you know, you did some boxing. Uh, you've still been training during this whole time. Uh, what's been going on with you? Uh, man, I just live in life. But like you said, yeah, I made my pro boxing debut. I did a few jujitsu tournaments, 
I received my purple belt in jujitsu since my last fight. So yeah, I've definitely been active. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, quite the accomplishment. Of course, uh, Stephen uh, trains there uh, with good folks at Gamma there in Greenville, Tennessee. Uh, and, 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 you know, Stephen's a guy that's been around for a while. You know, he, he Stephen was fighting back in, in 2010. So, you know, a true veteran of the area, uh, especially in that East Tennessee region here. He's a guy that is, is he's just been around and fought a who's who of, uh, of, of who, you know, the, the talent around here. Uh, you know, you're, you're taking on a guy that's not from around here, though, next week. You're taking on Tyler Smith. He was from the Memphis area, uh, athletic guy. You know, he's, he's an explosive guy. He's going to be looking for the knockout. Talk a little bit about this matchup and, uh, you know, what we can expect from, from you as far as any changes, we, you know, uh, that we can expect since it's been a minute since we've seen you in the cage. Obviously, I assume you've been working on your hands with uh, the boxing uh, stuff in between. And also talk a little bit about what you need to, to watch out for in uh, Mr. Tyler Smith. Yeah. Yeah, I've been staying around. Uh, I've I have been fighting for quite a while, it seems like. Uh, I focused on my jiu-jitsu a lot there for a while, you know, because I thought that's where all my, you know, how I was going to win all my fights. But, you know, the more I watch, the more I come to the shows locally, the game's evolved so much for the better. So, you know, that's when I decided to start working on my striking. I somehow got tricked into making, my, making a boxing debut, which I enjoyed. But... I mean, yeah, working a lot of head movement and stuff like that. Um, excited to show that. But Tyler Smith, like you said, he he looks athletic. He looks he looks like a Greek god in the videos I've seen and stuff. You know, he is in shape, ripped up, ready to come. But you know, uh, he likes that right hand. So definitely, we've been worrying about the right hand, making sure that doesn't touch me. Which I'm I'm not worried about that. You know, he can be explosive, but as long as I keep my head moving, keep it off the center line, I, I don't see him really touching me. But the, it does scare me because I can't find much video on him. So. Yeah, yeah, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he's he's a veteran himself. He's been around for a while. Most of the video that I've seen is older, you know, uh, fights that have happened a couple of years back. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he's evolved. You know, he's definitely shown himself to be more of a, more of a striker, a guy that wants to keep it uh, standing. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's developed his ground game some. And by the same token, you're a guy, like you just said, that has, uh, you know, for the most part, been pegged as a as a ground specialist. Not to knock on your on your striking, but for the most part, I think if, if you were previewing one of your fights over the past years, you would definitely, uh, you know, lean towards uh, your uh, your your motive of being the getting getting the fight to the ground and getting a submission. So it'll be interesting to see how your uh, game has evolved as well. Knowing now that you've worked a lot on that striking, uh, you know, and uh, you're, you're a guy that was, you know, a pretty high prospect coming up here about, uh, you know, about three years ago. Uh, you had a four fight winning streak going, knocked off some of the the pioneers of MMA in this area. Josh Kate uh, finish of him in the first round, finished off Dustin Diablo Walden in the second round. And so, you know, you're riding high. Uh, 2016 it wasn't as good a year for you. You, you, you took some really tough fights. Uh, Nick Gertz, Nate Williams, both very tough guys, top prospects, nationally nationally rated prospects. Uh, you know, uh, what what if anything would you say uh, has has changed uh, over these last two years to kind of uh, you know reinvent Stephen New as he you know you're looking to come back from from two consecutive losses here and get back to that that path. Uh, you know, uh, to to the big show like you were on uh, a couple of years back. Uh, my 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 training a lot of it. Uh, I uh, I started teaching you know and doing like an MMA class 
here in Greenville, down in Gamma, Gracie Bar. And uh, I've, I've stopped doing that. Like, I don't teach at all other than the kids because I don't feel like I benefit as much. You know, I can't yell at myself and push <laughs> myself like I need to. So that's that's definitely, I think, the biggest part that I've changed my game. You know, I've branched out. I've got a striking coach. i got a jiu-jitsu coach. i got guys who help me in my MMA instead of me trying to coach me. So I think that's the biggest part that's going to make my game a lot better. And, um, yeah, I took those two tough fights, you know, I don't think I was prepared for one of them as much as I should have. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I hate having that loss on my record, but it showed me where a hole in my game was. I've worked on that, you know, and I'm going to continue to work. And I don't see me getting caught in that submission again. You know, maybe not as quick. I'm going to defend it. But, yeah, it was a learning a learning curve for me and an eye-opener that, I was not untouchable because I, I was getting pretty cocky. You know, I was getting confident. I felt good. You know, oh, I'm teaching classes. I can't be touched. Sure. Like you said, I took out Josh Kate and Dustin Walden. You know, they you were finished legends. Right. Yeah. And so I needed the humble, you know, and I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to get back in there. And uh, I'm not looking past Tyler Smith by any means. I mean, he's got a puncher's chance by it. <laughs> if no other, because, I mean, just looking at the guy. But I'm excited to, you know, get a few more fights this year and start off 2020, you know, the same way, just keep rolling out the fight. I love your attitude, man, for sure. And uh, and I like what you said, uh, you know, about kind of changing up your, your outlook on training. It's hard, I would have to imagine, to to balance, uh, you know, teaching classes with getting your own training in. And, if you know, if you're the best guy in the room and you're not getting your ass kicked, you know, on a regular basis in the gym, then, you know, it's not, uh, you know, you're not going to be ready for, for that resistance, you know, when it finally comes in the cage. So good on you for, for kind of getting out and branching out on your training. I uh, got Greg Hopkins on the line. He'll be doing the uh, play by play, or I'm sorry, the color commentary anyway, for the flow combat broadcast this weekend. Greg, what you got for Steven? Hi, Steven. Hey man. Hey brother. I, I was just going to say, uh, you, you were talking about the, uh, the game evolving earlier and you were working on your jiu-jitsu because you thought that maybe that was the, uh, the factor for yourself. But as you've been watching all the local and bigger shows, you've said it's just evolving for the better. What, what is the it factor? What is that? What is that? What is, what is the it factor that what is in the evolution of the MMA here period? Like, what is it that's like head and shoulders above everybody else? Like that's, that's sticking out to you in your opinion. You can't be one dimensional. Like you can't just be a good wrestler now or just a good boxer, you know, just a good jujitsu practitioner. I mean, there's guys now who they're, they're great at Muay Thai. They're great at boxing, but they've got that wrestling. They can sprawl. So you can't get them to the ground and submit them. Or if you do get them to the ground, you know, yeah, they're Muay Thai guys. So say, but they know how to defend your basic arm bar. You know, they know how to get out, stand right back to their feet, you know, or I mean, cage work. You know, uh, I felt like a lot of people wasn't aware of how to use the cage to take people down or, you know, turn your hips to defend takedowns, I think. And now, you know, watching more of these shows, you know, people are using that stuff and learning it. And it's making the sport harder, which makes it better and more entertaining. Hell yeah, good shit right there. That's what I'm talking about. So the impact <laughs> are more, well, more or less, it's not like what people are doing. It's what people aren't doing anymore, right? Like. Like, they're not just staying out in the middle of the cage. They're actually using the cage. They're doing other things. Now they're evolving. They're not being one-dimensional. So it's not one aspect of the fight anymore. Like, I mean, I'm a I'm a traditional wrestler, you know, and, I mean, you know, you put me in a box, you know, put me in a boxing situation, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm really not good at all. I probably lose that one 99% of the time. So, but, uh, yeah, good shit, man. That's exactly what I, that's a perfect answer. That's what I like to hear right there. 
Well, you know, I think I think that I think it's really uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's it's uh, the the MMA, the sport of MMA. uh, You know, when both when you guys, you know, came into it, you're already, you know, early 20s, late teens, uh, you know, and and had been exposed mainly to a discipline. Uh, Greg, be it wrestling, Stephen, a lot, most likely jujitsu. And then you've got, you know, now you've got kids that are turning 18, 19 that have been training straight MMA, like straight MMA for the last six, seven years, (laughs) you know, and there are they're they're putting all that stuff together from the rip, and so uh, yeah, the, the the curve has just gotten steeper. Essentially, you know, you, the debuts that you see anymore are not the debuts that you see that you saw five years ago. You know, if you if if, uh, if you've got a gym that's churning out a, an eighteen year old debut now, it is certainly night and day from what, what it would have been five years ago. Because now these kids are killers; they're coming straight out, they're, and they're already super well rounded. So uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure that you see a lot of that, uh, you know, in your in your experience, even there at Gamma, Stephen, you've got some young bucks that are coming up that have probably been training now for uh, for several years that imme- that oh, just yeah. immediately went into MMA mode instead of having to adapt a, a previous uh, skill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a 16 year old who trains down here. And I mean, I can't wait, you know, the next two, three years to see what he progresses into because he's got such the the drive to get better and learn, you know, if he does something wrong, he's asking you what he did. You watch him stare and watch the other, the higher ranking people, the better strikers, the better jujitsu guys, you know, he's going to be fun to watch. Well, we're super excited to, to, to get you back in there, Steven. I'm hoping we can get a few fights out of you here this year. Uh, you know, before I let you go, I know uh, this is your hell week here as far as you're training that last hard push before you kind of just get into weight cut mode next week. We'll let you give uh, some shout outs where they're due, any sponsors or training partners, friends, family, uh, any love you want to give. And also where our listeners can follow you on social media. Yeah, uh, first I got to give a big shout out to uh, the two guys also fighting on the card from Greenville, Dale Dodds and uh, Brandon McGee. He's making his debut. Those are my two main training partners. Brandon McGee is actually my roommate. Oh, wow. I coached him in high school wrestling, actually. And uh, but you know he he's green. You know he only he didn't wrestle all four years in high school, but he he's a good partner. You know he's got that push. He's hungry. He's young. So I got to give a big thanks to those two guys and. Uh, I got to thank uh, Buddy Morgan and Tim Worley at Gracie Baja and Gamma down here in Greenville. Uh, Brad Austin at Bang Bang in Johnson City. You know, those guys are yelling at me, busting out. And then, you know, Dustin Long helping me get my MMA together. Then uh, Uppercut Barbershop here in Greenville. Uh, he actually helped out a ton. You know, he actually paid for me to go to Nashville MMA and get some training uh, sessions in up there just last week and everything. So, but everybody else, if I'm forgetting you guys, I'm sorry, but yeah, that's the biggest thing. Okay. And also where can people follow you on uh, social media? Oh yeah. Um, Facebook, you can find me at Steven new or Showtime Steven new Twitter is Showtime Steven Instagram Showtime Steven. Just, uh, give me a follow. Give me a like help show some support. Absolutely. There you have it. Showtime Stephen New. He'll be in the featured professional bout next weekend. Valor 61. It's going down to the Cotton Eye Joe. will be taking on Tyler Smith. Make sure you come out. Show some support for Stephen in his return to the MMA realm after about a year and a half gone. We're very excited to have Showtime back. He always brings a lively crowd and a lot of energy. Uh, thanks so much, Stephen, for the time. Best of luck next week. We'll be seeing you real soon. Uh, thank you, guys. See you guys next week. All right, our third and final guest of the evening, one half of your main event next weekend, Valor 61 at the Cotton Eye Joe. 
David Ruthless Robbins joins us. David, how goes it? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I'm here in the gym right now. We just finished up a night of sparring. It's my last night of sparring, so feeling good. I'm just ready to uh, get the cut over with and get in the cage again. So speaking of cut, that'll be our first topic of conversation. Of course, David, you'll be taking on Adam Denton uh, in the main event next week in your lightweight debut. Uh, of course, uh, fans know you to have competed uh, mainly in the welterweight division with a, a few catch weights in between here lately uh, going to 60, 65. But this will be the first time going all the way, baby, uh, to to 155 pounds. And uh, you're going to have a game opponent in front of you coming all the way from Memphis, uh, representing Memphis uh, Judo and Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, it'll be Adam Denton, who we spoke to last week. He is quite the character, I must say. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, first, uh, talk a little bit about this uh you know this drop to 155 some of the the thought process that went into it and how how it's going and then secondly uh, what can we expect in this fight from adam denton uh some of the things that uh you you need to look out for from him and uh and you know some of the things that you think uh, he needs to look out for, for from you so the you know the, i think the drop to 55 was um more mental for me than it was anything because i've really just been really strict on my diet. I've been training my ass off and I'm lighter than I've ever been. Um, I probably, I think when I was fighting at 170, I was just getting close enough, you know, within about five pounds or so, um, and just kind of staying there and then back to the taco bell. <laughs> but, right. uh, since I've been, you know, sticking to it and I've been training, 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 I'm in the best shape of my life. So, um, it's still going to be a little bit of a cut, but it's, it's not anything like I thought it was going to be. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hitting, you know, right about 66 on the scales now, um, after a practice. So, you know, probably about a 12 pound cut the week of, and, um, that's nothing that's easy. So, um, you know, for Adam, I was, I was watching some, uh, watching some tape on him. I saw his last fight with Charlie, um, He's, he's scrappy, you know, um, but I think I'm just going to be quicker than him. Um, he, he's a good striker. He's, I hear he's got good jujitsu too, um, but it's kind of just like me. I think I'm just going to be better at him, better at, at our styles, you know, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, you know, Adam's a guy. Uh, after talking to him last week, you know, he's one. He's a guy that I would have a, that I would imagine you're going to have a hard time like. You know, unless you're just like zoned in, he's not the kind of guy that is is that appears to be, you know, the alpha type that is going to be, you know, chest puffed out. You know, he's he's definitely a little more subdued and, uh, you know, he's funny. He's a hilarious guy. Uh, you know, is it not your first time fighting a guy like that, though, really? You know, so, you know, I can see it with some guys maybe, you know, having a hard time getting it up to to really, you know, focus and, and kick this guy's ass. But, uh, you know, you, you've kind of fought your share of characters before. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I'm fighting emotionless too. I'm not out there and I, I'm not worried about a guy huffing and puffing at me or if the guy's being laid back, it's just a game to me. You know, I see, I make my openings and then I take them. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, like I say for jujitsu, like chess, it's the same thing. Um, so, um, yeah, that's that, that's that. I'm just going to set him up and I'm going to snipe him. 
So, uh, you know, there's something to be said, obviously, uh, for, you know, this being your first time down to 155. He said that, you know, you're, you're walking around lower than you ever been. If you, if you kept up with you on social media, you know, that you're absolutely shredded right now, you know, uh, not to say that you were ever, you know, dumpy, uh, coming in at 170, but, uh, you don't look like you look like you're <laughs> going to come in at 155. I'll just say, uh, it is yeah, uh, it's, like it's startling it. almost. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, um, it's just been the training that's, that's got me ripped up and the, the food too, you know, I've just been eating, eating clean. I'm honestly impressed myself, Tim. Let me tell you, when I take my shirt off and I look in the mirror, I like what I see. I set my right. shirt out now. <laughs> <laughs> I like taking pictures with my shirt off, you know, it's fun. Now I, I get, you know, all these likes. I feel like a, like a hot chick just posting shit for people just to, to look at, you know, like eye candy or something. <laughs> Speaking of 12 packs, I got my co-host on here, uh, Greg Hopkins. Uh, Greg, of course, you know David very well. You guys have uh, trained together some. What you got from my man, David? Uh, well, we obviously know this guy's going to be coming from a jiu-jitsu background, but David just got his black belt in jiu-jitsu not too long ago. So Congratulations. congratulations you know? Thank you. Thank so, uh, you. Uh, that's kind of where 80% of the fights go. I think 80% of the fights anywhere in the cage, outside of the cage, go to the ground. And uh, if you have a ground game, uh, like David does, I think you got an advantage here. But, you know, your opponent here in the other half, uh, he's no slouch in the jiu-jitsu department. So uh, where do you see this fight going? How, uh, and, and in your opinion, I mean, where do you, like, your, what's your prediction, your outcome on this one? So I know that he, I know that he, I think it's like a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, but he, he's had it for a couple of years. Um, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't let the belt thing, um, get in my head because there are some very good, um, there's some very good purple belts out there. And, you know, just because I got my black belt doesn't, I'm not going to automatically sit here and tell you, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to out grapple this guy. Like I've been doing jujitsu for a long time. Um, I feel, you know, really comfortable there. Honestly, I've been doing more jujitsu lately than ever. Um, I'm grappling probably like three sessions a day. Um, so I, I feel very fluid. If we do get, um, go to the ground, I'm just going to, I'm going to transition. I'm going to move and I'm going to catch something. You know, I, I'm not rolling. I don't, I don't go for like train for advantages or points or anything like that. Like it's just for the tap. So I'm going to catch the first thing I see and rip it off. Um, honestly though, watching his fights, he likes to stand up. He likes to strike. He's a powerful striker and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think we're going to have, uh, I think we're going to have a slugfest between the two of us. And I think that it is not going to, it's not going to go to the scorecards. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to jinx myself and say one round, but it's worked out that way so far for me. So I yeah. hope that, uh, that I, you know, keep that trend up. Yeah. I mean, not to have a fifth, uh, a number five, first round finish that you're, but you know, as your pro then, I mean, you know, it's going to be hard for anybody to deny you, uh, you know, Bellator, UFC, anything like that. You're five and zero, oh, and it's coming up quick. So, uh, congratulations mm-hmm. to everything you've done so far, David, and, uh, best of skills to you next Friday. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. Um, yes, sir. as long as I, uh, get the win, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be happy with that. Um, you know, first round is cool, but I haven't really got to like test myself yet. That's why I do this. I do it to test myself, you know? 
Now, of course, you've got a uh, you've got a teammate uh, on this card as well, Rambo Joe Long, a guy that uh, we are all very familiar with here as well. He's your reigning Valor lightweight champion. He'll be going uh, well. I, I better not put the horse in front of the car. We haven't announced it yet, but we got a big another big fight for Joe Long coming up here soon. But uh, anyway, he's going to be taking on Zach Fox, and this is a fight that like locals are really excited for. They're more excited than what I thought. You know, it's like one of those where we announced it, and everybody's like, "Fuck yeah!" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, yeah, I knew it was going to." be a good fight but i didn't realize people were going to be like that pumped about it so you know zach fox is going to be uh you know in my opinion probably one of the very most improved fighters in our region over the last year i would say uh he's really come a long way uh, he's going to be jumping into the deep with joseph long who is coming off of a loss himself and i know he's going to be you know really itching to, to get that monkey off his back talk a little bit about your boy joe long and what we can expect from him next week so he's not rambo joe right now he's not right rambo now, joe watching. No, he's Janitor Joe. I'm watching Janitor him, uh, Joe. Mop, mop, mop yes. He's right here. He's got the mob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but uh, no, um, you know, Joseph, he's, uh, he's been busting it, dude. I'll tell you what, that loss did not sit well with him. And I, I typically see two things when I train someone and they lose. You know, they either they, they whine and they cry and they blame me because they lost, or they come back in the gym and they have a fire under them. And Joe's had a, a nice little fire burning under him since that fight. Um, uh, he's been getting after it. I know, you know, I know Zach is, uh, he's a, he's a tough opponent. And I remember watching him and he is definitely, you're right. He's, he's like the, one of the most improved fighters I've ever seen. So, um, hats off to him, you know, for sticking with it. Uh, but I think that Joseph is just too, uh, he's going to be too experienced, uh, too technical and too fucking tough. Uh, for Zach to deal with. Um, uh, Zach's was, he's, he's a powerful Southpaw, but I fought plenty of those before and I have, um, I just simulate, I just emulate his style and I just been, uh, sparring like that. So, um, I think Joseph's going to be well prepared for this one. We're super excited for both of those fights. Two of the fights I'm looking forward to the most next week, of course. Uh, before we let you go, my man, I'm going to let you get some shout-outs where they're due. Any uh, sponsor love, training partners, friends, family, all that stuff. And uh, also where we can find you on the social medias. Yeah. I want to thank everybody at, uh, everybody at AKB for uh, you know training with me. Everybody helps me, you know, all the way down to the kids in my kids' class. Um, I'm thankful for having everybody. They make me better every single day. I couldn't do it without them. Um, I got a couple sponsors I'd like to thank. Uh, Center for Orthopedic Excellence, Oldham Strong, Glass Egg Cryotherapy down in Chattanooga, Spurgeon Signs, and uh, Ink Expressions. You can find me on media on Facebook at David Robbins and on Instagram at David Robbins MMA. Once again, this has been one half of your main event for next week's Valor 61 show at the Cotton Eye Joe. David Ruthless Robbins making that drop down to 155 for the first time, ready to make a statement to that lightweight division when he takes on Adam Denton, who's uh, not going to be a walk in the park, I promise you. Uh, that is going to be uh, the main event next week. If you can be there live, there's nothing like it. But if you can't, you can catch it on Flow Combat. David, thanks so much for the time, my man. We will see you next week. Hey, thank you guys for having me. We'll see you then. All right, that'll do it for our panel of guests this evening. Thanks so much to uh, Jamie Driver, Stephen New, and David Robbins for taking some time out of their final 
uh, fight week, or I'm sorry, a uh, hell week, I guess we should say, preparations for fights next week. And uh, best of luck to all of them as they get ready to go to war against tough opponents. Uh, with that, let's uh, dive into a bit of a recap of last weekend. Uh, the only big show was the UFC on ESPN card, which went down in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Big uh, heavyweight main event. Francis Ngannou uh, took on uh, uh, JDS, Junior Dos Santos. And uh, let's go ahead and dive into that card here. Everything was on uh, everything was on uh, the big ESPN there. Uh, we lost one fight at the last minute. Uh, Vince Murdoch and Jordan Griffin didn't go off. But uh, we started off with heavyweights. Maurice Green with a first-round um, knockout of Junior Albini. It was rough to watch. Um, I had Albini myself on DraftKings, and uh, it was one of those that just – after the very first fight, you knew you were just fucked pretty much. It was just, you weren't going to be able to come out of it because he got me like nine points. And it was depressing to watch just because he, he looked so bad. And just, you're just like, how is this guy in the UFC? Cause, I mean, because it's not like Maurice Green looked great. Mar- I mean, he got dropped too by this dude. But uh, Maurice Green, uh, you know, he, he climbs to eight and two. Uh, and uh, gets the win there. Uh, another upset. Uh, I'm not saying that was even an upset, really, but uh, the second fight was an upset. Uh, Amanda Hebas climbs to 7-1 and one with a win over Emily Whitmire with a second round where they could choke. Whitmire pretty heavily favored coming into this. Uh, Amanda Hebas uh, from Brazil hadn't fought in like three years, and uh, but she looked good. Uh, you know, that was keeping me off of her. Greg, I know you, uh, you and uh, Justin both uh, liked Amanda there in that fight, and that uh, got you guys off to a real nice start. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Dalcha Lunjimbula. Golly, I've, I've butchered that. Uh, he, he gets uh, Daquan Townsend out of there in the third round uh, with ground and pound. Uh, he was pretty heavily favored. Uh, Daquan Townsend, very short notice. Uh, fought admirably, but uh, couldn't get it done. Uh, Greg, your uh, thoughts on these first three? Yeah, I just I like, uh, I just like maybe because of her value on DraftKings and, you know, her record wasn't bad going into that fight and what like Whit, Whitmire was a was a killer you know so uh, that's about the only one that really stood out to me as far as underdogs go but uh, uh yeah I picked all you know all the underdogs I mean I picked all the prelims pretty pretty straight up and they were they were pretty one-sided I think that uh except for the green fight you know that that was a like you said that was a back and forth one that was a that was a coin toss in my opinion so I was on the right side of that one though Justin, uh, any of these uh, stick out to you as uh, Lujambula, somebody we need to watch out for? Uh, I mean, he, he looked he looks good. You know, Daquan Townsend uh, coming off on short notice. Um, you know, you would have liked to have seen him, somebody with that kind of hype, uh, get a finish a little quicker. Uh, but, I mean, you know, he handled, handled the fight pretty well. I guess Daquan's just, just tough and, and wasn't going to get out of there uh, too quick. Um, Emily Whitmire. I think her record was like four and two coming into this, and I don't know. I just, I just wasn't feeling her watching some of her some of her older fights and stuff. I just didn't think that, that she was gonna be able to hang and and uh, and Amanda, you know, got it got in there and got it done. Junior Albany, we've talked about a few times. Just like you said, I don't I don't really know what that guy's doing there. <laughs> Uh, moving on into the prelims, Jared Gordon gets a, a decision over Dan Moret, who didn't go down as easily as I thought. I thought Gordon was going to really dominate this fight, and Moret wouldn't have anything for him. But he was 
he was certainly game and had uh, Gordon in some rough spots. Nonetheless, uh, Gordon gets the win, moves to 15 and three. That's kind of who I like keyed on for my DraftKings, and he still only came in with like 83 points. There's a lot of people that had a lot of fucking points, like uh, Maurice Green, like had 134 or some shit. Uh, Eric Anders, uh, I thought he killed him. Uh, I thought he, he really put a merkin on old uh, Vinicius Morea. Uh, first round, a minute and 18 in, and, I mean, he really melted him. And, uh, like, big win for Eric Anders, who needed it. You know, he's a guy that had lost a few in a row, needed that win, and he, he comes back and, and makes a statement in a very violent fashion. And then, of course, the featured prelim, Ricardo Hamas. Uh, gets a unanimous decision over a very tough journey Newsom. This is a guy, this is one that I thought would be, uh, you know, all, all uh, homos there, but uh, Newsom definitely with a good showing for himself, taking that fight on short notice and being pretty sizable underdog. Uh, Justin. Uh, yeah, Dan Amaret surprised me. You know, he came out a lot tougher than I thought he was going to be. I, I was like you, I thought that uh, Jared Gordon was going to pretty much dominate. Um, Eric Anders, like you said, did phenomenal. He did exactly what he needed to do. Uh, came out there and put a, put a hurting on uh, Vinici. Um And again, you know, Journey Newsom, you know, made a good showing for himself. But uh, Ricardo Ramos is just, um, you know, he's 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 a legit bantamweight. Greg? Uh, the Eric Anders actually really, I mean, he was supposed to knock him out. But, I mean, in a minute, 18 seconds, that was crazy. Uh, the rest of them, I didn't. First, you know, all the prelims on the first six fights did pretty well. The only thing I didn't do good on it uh, was predicting the rounds and everything. But uh, I just I wanted. Are we, are we on the Paul Craig and uh, Minifield one too? That's what I know. I'm I'm gonna do it right now. Yeah, that's the, that was the first okay. fight on the on the main card. Alonzo Minifield gets uh, a first round knockout over Paul Craig. Paul Craig, man, <laughs> he's he's in, he's an intense dude. Uh, for you know, he doesn't win all the time by any means. You know, he's dangerous with his submissions and the like. But I mean, he is like mean mugging a fool. I get weigh ins at the end. Of, you know, during the introductions, this guy's intense. But uh, Minifield stood his ground, kept his cool, improves to nine and zero, and he's just a powerhouse. Uh, uh, he gets Craig out of there uh, with the TKO about uh, three minutes, 19 seconds, it looks like, into the first round. Uh, that Drew Dober gets a first-round knockout also. He brutalizes Polo Reyes. Uh, I expected a decision there out of Dober or maybe even a surprise KO from Reyes. But, uh, yeah, Dober showing some really heavy hands and gets the uh, first-round knockout there. And then uh, Vince Pichel gets a unanimous decision uh, victory over Roosevelt Roberts as a, a bit of an underdog there. Uh, Roosevelt Roberts was undefeated, 8-0 coming in. That's his first uh, loss, uh, albeit a pretty good step up there against Pichel. Uh, let's see. We'll go to Greg. Yeah, I thought that Dober was going to uh, – I thought that was going to eventually go to the decision because, like we were discussing, he doesn't – he's got good wrestling, but he doesn't really use it. He kind of uses it for his fades to throw his overhands. Uh I didn't expect that one to go the way it did, knock out first round. I thought that would go to a decision, too. Uh, but, the uh, yeah, the Craig fight, he has some slick submissions that he can pull out of his ass sometimes. So I was actually worried about that because I made a huge parlay. And out of 10 fights that night, he was one of the ones I was worried about. But he ended up uh, – I, mean, I you know, I, I went against him, but still – uh, with Menafield, but he uh, but still ended up losing the parlay because I lost one fight in the end of the night. But uh, and that was uh, are we on the uh, we we on the Pichel, uh, Vince Pichel too? Yeah, yeah, we did. We 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 threw that one in there. Yeah, you can talk on that. Yeah, I took Roberts on that one. That's the only fight I lost on for the whole month. Like that's the, and then I you know on my draft teams I took Rocco Martin against Amy and Maya, but Ross, uh, 
Roberts is the one that's the upset of the night for me right there. And uh, Justin, you were Justin. Justin, you were on uh, Pichel. Yeah, Pichel kind of set me set me apart from everybody um, with that win. You know, everybody was on Roosevelt Roberts, and and he's good, but. Pichel's just been around for a long time, you know, and I think that's, you know, he lost the first round. And I think uh, after that, you know, just, uh, you, know, you know, crafty veteran, he just, he, he did what he needed to do to, to, to secure the win. Um, I like, like seeing him, him get a win there. Drew Dober and Alonzo Menafield that, you know, that it's always fun to have two fights finish in, in under one round um, combined. So, you know, those, those are both, both fun fights to watch. The feature bout was the the fight that I think that we had that we were kind of all a little bit torn on that we were we had some differing opinions if you will. Damian Maya gets the majority decision. Uh, one judge had it a draw. This is what that means. Uh, over uh, Anthony Rocco Martin, uh, Damian Maya uh, gets the first two rounds. Kind of cruises in that third round, and uh, Tony Martin had some good some good moments it seemed like in that third round, but just didn't seem to put his, you know, put the pedal to the metal and, and go for that finish. Like he really had to have known he needed, uh, Justin. Yeah. Anthony Martin, you can't count him out at any point. Um, but, but, you know, ultimately he just got out grappled by, you know, one of the best grapplers we've ever seen. Um, kind of interesting. Damian Maya got stood up in the Mount in that fight. Yeah. Did you catch that? I did. I did. That's uh, I don't know. That's that, that's a weird one. You know, I've seen a couple of times here recently where guys are are you know in full mount or have got out of the back and and get stood up. You know, you, I don't know. It's, it takes a lot to get into those positions. You know, it's not something that you just fall right into. You know, you have to you have to work for a while. Um, and getting stood up is, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a kind of a shame. Hopefully, <laughs> that that gets uh, straightened out. Uh, Greg, uh, your your thoughts here. You, I know you were torn on this one. Uh, I was really torn on this one because I like Anthony uh, Martin, but I mean Damian Maya is you know one of the more, in my opinion, one of the more dominant fighters in the UFC, only because you know what he's going to do. He comes up there and implements that takedown, and it's the most boringest shit I ever have seen in my life. But he <laughs> wins the fights. I, I mean, it just is like I don't, I hate watching him fight because. I think that's the reason why I fade him all the time is because I just think those kinds of fights are boring. If he could get a submission in there, then, it, yeah, it's a little exciting. But if he can't, then, you know, it's just repetitive over and over. I mean, and that's that's what you got to do to win. That's what you got to do. But it's just boring to me. Of course, the uh, co-main event, uh, Joseph Benavidez, second round, uh, TKO over uh, Juicier Formiga. Um, a big win for Benavidez. There's a lot of people, including myself, who thought that Formiga may get this one. But uh, Benavidez uh, wasn't having it. Another fight that I really would have probably lost a lot of money on uh, if I had to pick if it were going to go to a decision or not. I thought it would. It did not. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on the co-main? Uh, that was surprising. I actually had uh, Ormega on there, too. So, uh, yeah, I lost that one. Justin? I had Joey. I didn't think that it was going to happen that way. I was with you. I thought it was going to be a decision. Um, you know, Formiga has, has improved a lot, uh, but, you know, so is Joey. Um, so it looks like they're talking about, um, you know, him getting the next title shot down there. Uh, they keep that, keep that around, I guess. And then, uh, Greg, uh, we had the main event, of course, uh, Francis Ngannou with a big knockout first round over JDS, Junior Dos Santos. 
Um, yeah, I was, I was, you know, I, on the podcast, I was saying, you know, I thought JDS may get this one, but, um, I ended up going the other way on my picks and on the books and, and DK and all that. So uh, I ended up going with Nganu, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess there, you know, there was a couple different ways that people could see this one going. It was, it was either going to go the way it went, obviously, or I, I thought maybe JDS could, tr- could string him out into the second, third rounds and we would see Nganu gas and, uh, he just didn't have time to make that happen. Uh, Nganu uh, climbs to 14-3. and three. Greg? I honestly could tell you I didn't know which way that was going, but after looking at all the odds, all the prop bets, everything on every gambling website I could look at, it said that the greatest odds were that Nganu finishes him in the first round. You know, that, that was it. And then so I took the under one and a half there, and, uh, yeah, I profited pretty good there. But the reason I took that is because, you know, Dos Santos has that knockout power too, and – it could have went either way, and if they fought nine times out of ten, you know, the Junior Dos Santos could win those other nine. But you know, I don't think he wants to fight him anymore because he got knocked the fuck out, you know, pretty bad right there. So may may not want no no more of Engano. So, uh, Justin, your thoughts on the main event? Where's uh, where do you think this uh, sends Engano uh, into next? I mean, you know, the title picture is pretty slim, so he has to be right there in it. As we got up to the fight, I was thinking, you know, under as well. But the more I started, you know, just thinking about it and, and watching back on, on some, some old fights and stuff, you know, when, when Francis was in there with Stipe, I mean, he was, was beat up for five rounds, but he wasn't going anywhere. He was he was going to fight to the end, and he wasn't going to quit. So something something just told me that, that they might get into the second or third round and that, that Junior might gas. So that's kind of what I went was with the third round uh, for, for Ngano. Uh, um, but, I mean, he made quick work of he, he threw some leg kicks early, and DeSanto just, I don't know, just threw like a big leaping overhand right, threw him completely off balance, and he got caught, and he didn't even get knocked out. He kind of just, you know, went down and, and caught a couple of punches on the ground, but he was completely coherent. He just, I just don't think he, he wanted to, um, you know, get hit anymore. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was, it was weird. He had his back to him. Um, it was just an odd, an odd, uh, the way it played out was kind of weird there, but, um, but I think Francis, you know, he's back on, on top of the world again. And that will do it for the recap of uh, the UFC on ESPN3, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota card. Uh, delivered a little better than what I expected. I didn't have, like, crazy high hopes for it, but I was I was entertained. Let's do biggest uh, winners and losers here. Uh, biggest winner for me, I don't honestly see just a whole ton of just huge winners on this card, to tell you the truth. Nganu, I guess I'll give it to you because – you know, he's probably put himself into a, a situation for another title fight. Uh, you know, the rest of the guys, uh, you know, it's obvious every, any win's a good win. But uh, nobody that I see getting a win that is going to, you know, put them into it. You know, Benavidez, you know, could get could, could be in the talks just because there's so little competition there. But uh, biggest winner for you, Greg? Uh, I guess uh, the UFC for putting on a, I guess, a pretty decent subpar card, in my opinion. I actually enjoyed that. Nice. Justin? Uh, probably got to be uh, either Benavidez or uh, Pichel. You know, it was a big win for Pichel um, against, you know, uh, a, a highly touted prospect. Um, you know, and then Benavidez, I think he's like 34, 35. So, you know, he's getting getting towards the end of his prime here, and it's time for him to make his last little run if he's going to ever be a champion. And, um, you know, he made a statement, came out and made a statement, and, you know, submitted himself in, in the picture. Now, I do think we got some losers here. Uh, your biggest loser, Justin. 
Ooh, um, I don't know, man. It, JDS is a pretty big loser. Um, you know, he was on a three-fight win streak coming into that, uh, you know, and, and hoping to get back into that t- title picture, and it definitely wasn't a good showing for him um, as far as that goes. So uh, I'd probably have to go with with, uh, with him. Okay, Greg. Uh, Robert, because he lost my 10-person parlay, my 10-fighter parlay. <laughs> It's hard for me to disagree with JDS. I'm going to go with Ed Martin because, uh, you know, he's a guy that it had taken him several wins to get to a, a fight of this magnitude, and he'd been calling for it and calling for it. And now that he's lost this one, I think it's going to, you know, knock him back down the ladder a good bit. It's going to take him a while to, to work his way back up. Um, that'll do it for um, our recap of the UFC uh, Minneapolis. Let's move into this week's action. We've got uh, the pay-per-view, UFC 239. Uh, and it is the centerpiece of International Fight Week. It's going to be on pay-per-view. Of course, the, um, the pay-per-view uh, will be the main, main card. The prelims will be on ESPN. Looks like we got a 12-bout card here, gentlemen. Uh, starting off, Penny Kinzad taking on Julia Avila. Uh, Penny Kinzad is a late uh, replacement um, for Melissa Gatto. Um, uh, Julia Avila, uh, very good. She's, uh, I want to say that she's been through the Invicta circles and whatnot. She's, she's one of the top prospects. Uh, Ishmael Nardiev taking on Chance Ring Counter at uh, 170 pounds. Nardiev, he's a hitter. He's like the Austrian wonderkind, and he's like throws all kinds of crazy spinning shit and just really fun to watch. Uh, Chance Ring Counter, the wrestler out of the Midwest there. And then uh, Jack Marshman uh, takes on Edmund Shabazian. Uh, that's a, a middleweight fight. Uh, Marshman is 23-8, and eight, and uh, Shabazian undefeated 9-0. and oh. uh, Any of these uh, first three uh, prelims jump off the page to you, Justin? Uh, yeah, the last one that Jack Marshman and uh, Edom is, is – uh, Edom is the favorite in that fight? Yeah, he's pretty heavy favorite. He's like nearly 300. Yeah, I think that – that's what kind of interests me about that is I think Jack Marshman, Marshman could spoil that party. I mean, uh, he's, he's not, the, you know, the, he's not the best in the world, but like you say, he's tough and uh, he's going to be in there. I think he's going to be in there, you know, the whole fight um, and, and he's going to bring it. So that one could be, could be uh, an upset there. Ishmael Nardiev is, is real fun to watch. I'm looking forward to just seeing him get out there and perform again. Okay. Greg, your uh, thoughts on these uh, first three early prelims. Uh, I think that the uh, – I really don't know on this very first with the Julia Avila and Panny. Yeah. I don't I, – I, it seems to me like it's a huge mismatch, and it would want to go in this. She's Swedish. She is. Uh, Panny Panny's, she's like, Panny's like half Swedish and half like Iranian. I didn't know if she was Swiss or Swedish. I'm not sure. But uh, I think you got a, a big a big mismatch here. But, uh, you know, and I would – I don't know. What's the odds there on Panny there? Uh, Avila is the, is the favorite. I believe she's yeah. she's you know two fifty give or take, maybe even a little bit better. I think I think Avila is a really good play here. I think she is. She might be too. Just I'm sitting here looking at the odds, but uh, I'd keep my eye out on this one right here just for that just for that that reason. That she's a slight underdog at plus one eighty five. I'm not saying that she's going to win, but I'm saying that uh, has uh, I think Julie has probably fought at a lower weight class in the past too. And she's coming up to a bigger weight. So we'll, you know, just keep your eye on that very first match of the night or maybe, maybe, maybe an upset, maybe not. We'll see. 
I think you could see Nardia uh, put a, a real hurt on ring counter. I think you could see him knock him the fuck out. Uh, okay, moving on to the latter prelims. Now, I, I want to correct myself. Those first three prelims are on uh, the UFC Fight Pass, which I didn't even know got prelims like that anymore. So that's something for them. Something, I guess. Uh, for the ESPN prelims, we've got Alejandro Perez taking on Yadong Song uh, from China uh, at 135 pounds. We've got Claudia Gedalia taking on Random Marcos in an interesting uh, strawweight fight. We've got Marlon Chito Vera taking on Nolan Hernandez, who steps in on very short notice. He stepped in this week, maybe four days, five days notice. Um, uh, at 135 pounds, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about this. This is, I don't know if you guys have seen all the stuff going around on Facebook where, uh, there was this other guy, uh, that was, uh, that was offered this fight, but King of the Cage would let him out of his contract to take it. Uh, we'll get back to that here in a second. Uh, and then of course the featured prelim, uh, Gilbert Melendez, like, what, what? I forgot about him. Uh, he's fighting Arnold Allen, who is a very uh, highly touted prospect uh, from England, 14 and one. And Allen's a pretty favorite, a pretty heavy favorite here. Greg, your thoughts on these uh, ESPN prelims? Uh, looking at another mismatch here with Marlon Vera. Yes. And Hernandez. There's a lot of mismatches on this card, uh, but I don't have any plays <laughs> on any of these first few guys. Uh, I don't have any plays here. I think Marlon Vera is a pretty good parlay piece. I don't. I think he. I think he gets Hernandez out of there pretty early. Um, and then it's interesting seeing Melendez nearly a uh, you know uh, like over two hundred underdog uh, to Arnold Allen, but you know Allen I guess is the the fresh young fighter. Uh, Justin. Yeah, Melendez might not be a bad play. Just kind of the same <clears throat> same thing we were talking about. You know, with Pachel, um, only to the umpteenth degree. You know, Gilbert's been around forever and knows every trick in the book. So, um, you know, any little mistake that, that Arnold Allen makes, uh, Gil's going to try to capitalize on it. Um, the, the fun fight, I think, on this one is uh, Alejandro Perez and So Dong Young. Um, that, that'll probably be a real fun fight. I think Claudia Gadelia and Brandon Marcos is a, it's a big mismatch right there. I believe that uh, Claudia probably put a hurting on Marcos. Yeah, I think she's going to be a lot more physical, you know, just, yeah, I think, I think she, she, she's going to probably uh, maul her if she doesn't get, yeah, because Marcus, he, he's going to want to wrestle, you know, I just don't think that that's going to, she's going to have a lot of success there. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's just me, but I don't know why I think Claudia Gadelia is just the hottest, the hottest girl <laughs> ever seen. Right? Kinda, she, her face is not even that pretty, just, I don't know, something weird about it that makes it sexy. <laughs> I think it may be because she's like at least like trying, you know, uh, you know, like yeah. some of these female fighters are just not even going to try, but she's she's at least trying. And uh, together, I mean, her she's she's well built, <laughs> right? Uh, main car pay per view. Now we get some pretty good fights here. Uh, this one, first one's certainly interesting. Michael Chiesa takes on Diego the Dream Sanchez, 170 pounds. Uh, Chiesa. Uh, and Sanchez have both fought at 155 and, you know, moved up to 170 here. And both have had a bit of a, you know, a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, you know, and Sanchez, you know, there was some talk. He left uh, Jackson Wink in the middle of his camp. So who knows if that is going to throw a wrench into things. He's such a such a, a wild card anyway that, you know, one has to imagine that something like this is not too you know, not too far off of just like his daily, you know, ups and downs. Uh, it's going to be an interesting fight. I'm excited for this one. Uh, and then, of course, Luke Rockhold, 205-pound uh, fight against Jan Blakowicz. 
Uh, I think Rockhold is, you know, obviously your favorite here, but, you know, his chin has been tested lately, and Blockowitz uh, will certainly be the kind of guy that will test it. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on these two? I think Diego and, and Chiesa is maybe a lot more compelling fight than people are, are giving it right now. Diego's hard to out-grapple. I mean, you know, he's he's been in there with some of the best grapplers that we've seen, and you know, he submitted a lot of them. Um, you know, Marcin Held couldn't couldn't finish him. Um, and Kiesa's that's his game is is jiu-jitsu, but I don't think he's on the same level with a, a Marcin Held or a, a Jim Miller. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that Diego's odds are a little better than, than what people are giving him. It was kind of funny when the Cowboy split from Jackson's. Diego was you know, quick to come to Jackson's defense and saying, you know, that the team was stronger than ever and all this, and now he's saying that there's no love at the gym, and that's why he left. So um, that, that, that'll be a fun fight to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Rockhold not have to cut that weight. That's, he's a huge, huge 85. Uh, I mean, he's a big he's a big 205, to be honest. You, you know, he probably walks around at 230, 235. Um, and so he's not going to be – there's not going to be any size disadvantage uh, in this fight, I don't think. Um, and I think that, you know, not having to make that weight cut, um, maybe you know, maybe maybe something Luke should have done a while back. Um, but I think it's good that he's finally finally doing it. Greg, uh, I like how Justin basically played out the the Sanchez fight, but I also think that Sanchez maybe you know every time I say that Sanchez, I think he's on his way out the door or something like that. He he turns back with a phenomenal you know just a phenomenal. Appearance. And then, yeah, I need this fucking world beater comes out there. And, <laughs> but, and the reason he's so good on the ground is because he's a great wrestler and he can defend, you know, real well on the ground. He can defend the uh, the submission. But Michael Kesha, if he can get that back, he can finish Diego. And uh, I think that uh, I have to, you know, edge towards uh, Michael Kesha in this one right here. And uh, as far as the next one up, I'm anxious to see how Luke Rockhold comes off of his uh, Ralph Lauren modeling career uh, back into the octagon and uh, see what he can do. I think he's, I think he's achieving for a victory here as well. But I'm anxious to see how he does at 205 here. Of course, our feature bout features Greg Hopkins' favorite fighter, Ben Askren. Taking on George Masvidal, uh, both these guys coming off of very big wins, you know, uh, and there's been a little bit of talk, a little bit of heat here. Uh, big fight for both guys. Masvidal, this is kind of his chance to really steal some thunder here. Uh, the question is, can he do it? Can he stay off his back? Uh, or, you know, can, man, it's it, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's a really hard one for me to call. Uh, Greg, what do you think? Man. My favorite fighter right here, Ben Askren. <laughs> Listen, Ben Askren has since college has been like undefeated. I mean, <laughs> he has not lost in anything. Uh, here, no, 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 no. How not? How not? There's a the kicker. Now he lost to beat the streets not too long ago, and I think that his uh, his confidence got carried out in a gurney with that with that wrestling match because he absolutely got torn in half and thrashed by Jordan Burroughs. So. I'm anxious to see what he does in this fight against uh against uh what's the George Hay? Uh Yeah, Yeah, I'm anxious to see this one because you got a street brother here. And uh and he's facing uh you know, the uh the college kid wrestler who did this, the prep, this guy, and they absolutely, you know, I wouldn't say that Askren hates him, but I don't think that uh 
Masvidal likes him at all. Like, I think he hates him. Yeah. You know, he might just want to put that little three-piece with a soda on uh, Askren. But, in my own opinion, even though that Jordan Jordan Burroughs thrashed Ben Askren there, I think he's still got a lot left in that tank for the wrestling aspect of the fight game. And I think he's, he's going to be able to get down into uh, human blanket human blanket his opponent in the spot and win it. But make no mistake, this is probably my vote for five of the night. And might see, might see Asker maybe get knocked out, but I'm going to have to lead towards Asker in this spot. Justin, what say you? I don't think Mavidal likes anybody. No. I think he definitely, definitely doesn't like Asker, but I don't think he likes anybody. Uh, I'm a huge Mavidal fan. I've been watching him since he was fighting in Kimbo's yard in Miami and um, but I just don't, you know, like you said, Jordan Bros ran through Ben Askren. It's kind of exactly what I expected to happen, but I don't think that, you know, it's Jordan Burroughs, you know, it's not, it's, yeah, I, don't exactly. it's gonna, I don't think it's going to affect his confidence too much um, going into this, but I just, I really just don't see uh, Masvidal being able to stay off his back. I mean, you know, Ben just, he can take a shot. Masvidal's, he got a, a big knockout in his last fight, but he's not necessarily the biggest power puncher out there. He's more of a volume puncher, and I think Ben can just kind of walk through that, and eventually he's going to get the takedown, and I don't think that Jorge can get up uh, once they get there. But it could be def- definitely could be an interesting fight. I mean, you know, Jorge could could, could surprise us too. Co-main event, uh, first of two title fights for the Bantamweight Championship. The whole kind of sell on this thing is like, Best in the world, you know, the best female fighter in the world and the best male fighter in the world. Best female fighter in the world, they say, is Amanda Nunez. She's got that strap to say she is. She's taking on Holly Holm, and this is a fight that I'm surprised has not happened before. You know, I was really kind of surprised these two haven't fought before. Nunez is going to be the sizable favorite, though. Uh, but, you know, Holly Holm in a little bit of a resurgence, you got to say. Uh, Justin, what do you think? Yeah, they just barely missed out on each other um, a couple times. You know, Holly lost her belt, um, and and then Nunez was the first challenger uh, for it after that. Uh, but this, I, I'm really excited for this fight. I'm still on the fence about. It. I'm not sure which way I'm going to go. Um, I think you know Nunez is is definitely the more bulldog. Um, you know, just kind of come in and brawl with you type fighter, but. Holly, you know, is a multiple, multiple time world champion boxer. She knows how to keep the distance. She knows how to keep her head off the center line. And, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder than just coming and running you down with straight punches uh, with Holly. And, you know, you might get your head kicked off trying it. So, uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still, uh, still got some, still got some thinking to do on this one, but I'm really looking forward to it. Greg, you leaving either way? Uh, I'm wondering. Who knocked out Ronda Rousey faster? And that's who I'm going to lean towards, probably. I think Amanda Nunez did it faster. <laughs> I'm going to lean towards Amanda Nunez. But I don't think it was by much. I think they were both pretty damn fast. Yeah, yeah but Amanda Nunez, I think Amanda Nunez is on another level of main bitch, dude. She's she just, is. She should be fighting the man. She shouldn't <laughs> even, it's not even fair, man. Like, Holly Holman, in all, in all due respect, in her own right, is a phenomenal kickboxer. And she is, I mean, as far as technical-wise, that's going to be her edge in this fight. But, I mean, when you got a thrasher coming towards you looking to, you know, claw you to death and Manny Nunez, she's just, I mean, she really is head and shoulders on another level above everybody in the world right now. And she'll straight tell you to your face, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock you out. That's what I'm doing. And then she's going to get paid and go home. But uh, I don't know. Like, 
Justin can't, you know, I was, I was sitting there, he was, you know, leaning, he's, he said he's having trouble picking. I was wanting his, uh, his edge for the draft teams count, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm leaning towards uh, Nunez, and that's probably going to be a big, uh, big play for me this weekend. But uh only thing that scares me is them damn question mark kicks coming from, um, coming from Holly Holm back to back over and over again. And I'll just see if Nunez can, uh, she can close the distance quick enough and, and get that, get that knockout in the first round. I think the biggest advantage and the, the biggest separation in this fight is is the ground game. I mean, Amanda Nunez can will dominate Holly Holm if she just takes her down, but is, I don't think that Amanda Nunez wants to do that. You know, she's like, I don't know, she's almost like a like a Robbie Lawler type. You know, she she can take you down, but she'd rather just knock your head off instead. So, um, her confidence, you know, her confidence in her stand up ability may be her downfall in this one. Um, but I think that if she if she has a good game plan coming in and, and really tries to mix it up and mix in some takedowns with it, I think that you know she can she can probably finish on the floor pretty quick. Main event for the light heavyweight strap, the best male fighter in the world, John Jones, John Bones Jones taking on Tiago Santos, and I like Tiago Santos. I do. I mean, he's a hitter. You know, he's got power. That can melt anyone, but uh, you know certainly the biggest underdog on this card, John Jones, around eight to one uh, on the books, and uh, you know I'm still too scared, you know, to to put eight to one down just because I know that Santos does have that power, and with my luck, you know that'll be the night it strikes. So I'm gonna stay off of this one, but I still lean, of course, towards uh, John Jones. Uh, Greg. Oh yeah, I'm gonna not just dump the truck on John Jones here. He just like Brandon Nunez. <laughs> I mean, he's had he hits, he hits like Nunez. I know, no, he is like Nunez. Oh, well, well. He's a, he's, but he's a dude. So, yeah, like Nunez, but like I don't know, it's crazy. Like I don't know, yeah, I'm gonna parlay both of them right there together too, on top of you know backing the truck up on Jones because I mean you're not undefeated for no reason, and they have that one. They're trying to what did they change that one that loss to a no contest he had by with that illegal elbow. They're trying to change that or something like that. Yeah, I heard them talking about it. I don't know how you could get that changed, but Dan White wants it changed. I think that's more of a marketing thing. You want your best fighter in the world to be marketed as undefeated, but I mean, you know, the rule is, is the rule, and if you know, once you once it's over, it's over. So I, I don't know. I don't know how how they can overturn that, but that's something they've been talking about. Yeah, Matt Hamill made a tweet about saying, why don't you come and stop me again or something like that. <laughs> 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 Anyways, yeah. Uh, Justin, yeah. what do you think, man? This fight scares me. Uh, and I think, you know, I love John. I think that he he has this, you know, hands down. But like you said, at the same time, eight to one is just too heavy for me to go on damn near anybody. I mean, you know, he would have to be fighting – fucking i don't know bj penn for me to go on that those kind of odds but i th- think he should he should be able to, to to take this fight i think he's just too hard to hit tiago is is a is a huge power puncher but john just doesn't get hit that much and you know he's shown that he can take a punch and he just that's just think he's too versatile um is another another situation where john can shoot a power double get on top of tiago and drop some elbows and and have an early night if he if he so chooses. Yeah, man, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, this is one of those fights that, you know, kind of like the Anthony Smith fight, I think, that could be sneaky. You know, Smith definitely 
took him a lot further than what most uh, expected. But, uh, you know, but Santos is not really the kind of guy that is, is used to going five rounds. And so that's one thing. I think he's got to just go for it. I think he's just got to lay it all on the line. You know, yeah, he's, he's, he's got about a half. <laughs> uh, all right. That, before we wrap it up, guys, let's get uh, your takes on. Uh, let's get let's get your lock of the week and let's get your fade of the week. Um, for uh, for this UFC 239 card, uh, we'll start with Justin. Um, my fate of the week is probably going to have to go with uh, Blockowitz. Um, my lock of the week is a tough one. Um, I don't know. As much as I just said, I, I guess I'm still going to have to take John. John Jones. All right. Yeah, I think it's still the best, still your best lock of the week. Greg, who's 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 got this thing for sure, and who uh, do you not want any part of? My lock is Amanda Nunez, and somebody I don't want any part of, even though I like the dude, Diego Sanchez. I fade him this weekend. Myself, I'm, I'm going to say my lock of the of the week is Marlon Cheeto Vera. I, I think uh, that he's. <laughs> He's got this thing. Uh, it's going to be a, a major upset for Hernandez to come in on short notice and get this. Uh, I just don't think that he hits hard enough. And uh, this fight, uh, Vera, I think, finishes him. My, my fade of the week, oh, that's a tough one. I'm, I guess, uh, you know, I guess I'm going to go with uh, Chance Ring Counter down on the on the prelims. I think uh, it's going to be really hard for him to just, you know, wrestle fucking El Nardia for three rounds before he gets his head knocked off. Uh, so that's uh, that's my fade of the week. Uh, before we wrap up this episode, guys, I want to get your opinion on the aforementioned situation. I don't know if you guys were uh, familiar with it or not, but uh, of, of course, Marlon Vera uh, was supposed to what well, I'm going to say was supposed to. But the fight was offered uh, to another fellow. His name was uh, Draco Rodriguez, I think was his name. Uh, he was five and one and it has under contract with King of the Cage to fight. Uh, they would not let him out of that contract to take this UFC opportunity. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of squawking on the interwebs about this, about, you know, uh, the, there's the point of uh, contention that, you know, as a regional promotion, uh, much like Valor or, or whoever, you know, we're trying to get these fighters to the next level and trying to get them opportunities to be in uh, UFC or Bellator and, uh, you know, to hold that opportunity back from them is, is, uh, you know, not great. Uh, there's also the, the point of contention that, you know, this guy signed a contract. He's, uh, you know, the promotion is counting on him to sell tickets. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he, he's legally committed to them. I see both ends of that. Of course, I would really, uh, mainly just say that, uh, don't sign them. I, you know, I'm not against signing multi-fight deals. We sign guys to multi-fight deals all the time at Valor, but there is a, a UFC and Bellator out clause, you know, to where if you have those opportunities come up, you're going to be granted the, the uh, permission to, to get out of contract, to go uh, chase that, that opportunity. Uh, that's one thing that, uh, I guess, uh, Mr. Draco probably should have made sure he had in his contract. Uh, Greg, your thoughts. Uh, I read on it briefly, and uh, I also read that he's also had some a lot of fights with this with this uh, with King of the Cage. He's had a lot of fights. They basically have been yeah, like sixteen or eighteen. Yeah, with that push along the way and everything. So uh, maybe they might could be possibly looking out for his best interest here, and it may be a blessing in disguise for him. It may not be. I mean, he may have been being fed to the wolves in this you know particular situation. I don't know of all the details and everything, but 
I mean, if I ever got the opportunity, yeah, I would take it to media and say, hey, look, man, I got my opportunity to do. I mean, to me, UFC is a Super Bowl of MMA. You make it there, you make it to the show. Uh, you know, win or lose, you make it to that platform, and that's the that's the highest platform there is in the world, in my opinion. So, to uh, to shun a man from that opportunity, you know, shame on King of the Cage. But as far as what I don't know, I, I can't I can't shame the promotion for that because there there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things in the closet that we don't know about. So, Justin. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I'm with you on the, the wording of the contract. Uh, is something, you know, that I think everybody should have, you know, you, that, that should be something that you, you plan in advance when you're when you're fighting for a regional show is uh, that opportunity. One thing that I haven't heard uh, is, did, did he have a fight already lined up with King of the Cage? Yes, yes, okay. he does. He's got one coming up here in the next couple of weeks. See, that's that's the only tough part of it. I mean, you know, you have signed a, con- a multi-fight contract, and not only have you signed a multi-fight contract, but you've signed a f- contract for an upcoming fight. There's tickets have been sold. People are expecting you to fight. Um, you know, I don't know, man, it's tough. I, I, I if, In the same situation, I'd be pissed, and, you know, I'd, I'd want to want that shot, but, you know, King of the Cage is a business at the end of the day, and you know they have to look out for for their interest yeah. as well. So it's, just like you know, it's, yeah. it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's a tough spot. Um, it's a tough, tough spot to be in. Most definitely, most definitely. Lesson learned from this: make sure you've got an out in your contract for this stuff, guys. It's hard to it's hard to hold the King of the Cage over the barrel when you know you you've agreed to the terms that you have uh, committed to. So. Uh, yeah, I see both ends of it. That's going to wrap us up for this week, guys. Uh, next week, we will recap this UFC 239, and it is picks panel night for uh, Valor 61. So we'll be doing a free, a full preview of that card. I'm really excited for it. We've got some really dang good fights on that card to, to go over. Until uh, next week, I am uh, your host, Tim Loy, and uh, for my co-hosts, Justin Watson and Greg Hopkins, we are signing off for this week. We'll see you all next week. Valor Hour, we're out. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochell. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. Everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.